Martin Luther were alive today, what would he be known for? Being really old. I actually got that joke from Snoop Dogg. He was talking about George Washington, but I thought, man, waited six months to tell that. Well, I asked you to wear red today because to, to match the pyramids of the church. And it's only two times out of the year uh, that we have red pyramids. Reformation Sunday today, and the other Sunday is Pentecost. Red is the church's color for the Holy Spirit. Because on Pentecost, the Spirit came down as a fire on the disciples' heads. And again, on Reformation Day, we recognize the Holy Spirit as the person of God who works faith in our hearts through the Word, the Bible. Some Lutherans have other ideas as to what should be the color of the day. Some of our brothers and sisters in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America are wearing red today as an act of resistance. Resistance against sexual violence, climate injustice, reproductive injustice, racial injustice, among a litany of other social injustices. And other Protestants are suggesting a different color for this day, darlet. We don't use scarlet pyramids here at St. Paul. We could, we could buy them. Other churches use scarlet pyramids. Scarlet is the color of blood. So some churches use scarlet pyramids during Holy Week to emphasize the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for the sin of the world. I heard at a pastor's conference recently that there's a Protestant push towards using scarlet on Reformation Sunday. Now I know it looks red. Scarlet's a type of red. It's, very, it's a deeper, more it's a deeper color of red, right? There are some Protestants pushing towards using scarlet on Reformation Sunday to emphasize the blood spilled not by Jesus, but by the people caught in the upheaval of the Reformation. Yeah, that's not a part of the Reformation that we celebrate, is it? We don't talk about that much. That there, that there were countless lives lost in riots, revolts, and murderous inquisitions that swept across Europe not long after Luther tacked his 95 complaints on his town's church door. But there's another reason for scarlet that some people are pushing for, and that, would, that is to remind us of the fractured and broken state of the Christian church today. So many denominations, so many other churches that say they're not a denomination, but they are, and so many churches who won't agree on what the Bible says about, well, just about everything. What do you think? Would you want to sit here on Reformation Sunday next year and every year after looking at scarlet, remembering the deaths of thousands who revolted against tyranny, as well as the fact that we are not necessarily one big happy family of Christians worldwide? What do you think? Don't worry, we're not going to get scarlet pyramids anytime soon. It's just a rhetorical question to get you thinking. Why does Reformation matter? Sin, death, the devil, 
the Holy Spirit, the Word, the truth, freedom, Halloween, All Saints Day. All these things kind of group together around this time of the year. Today and tomorrow. When Luther posted his 95 thesis on the church door, the children of Wittenberg weren't planning on going out trick-or-treating that evening. They didn't do that. Luther chose the last day of October to debate because he knew more people than usual were going to come to church the next day on All Saints Day. Professors and doctors of theology and important people in the town were going to come to church the next day on All Saints Day to remember those who had died the past year, their loved ones, their families, their friends, whoever. So Luther hoped that his papers would get seen by more people than they would on a regular day. And judging by the results, it would seem that that's what happened. For us Christians, though, today, we've got the added festival of trick-or-treating. Not only that, but there's the dark side of it, right? Ghosts, skeletons, monsters, witches, and in some cases, the devil. That's yours truly, my friends. That's me. Your pastor, the devil, in first grade. Yeah, it's not that, you know, I mean, Christian parents, you would never let your children wear a devil costume on Halloween, right? Or ever, right? Okay, and it's not that I was a devil worshiper or my parents. It's just that I liked the costume. I thought it looked cool. So my parents got it for me. And no, I'm not, I'm not, this is not where I'm going with this. I'm not going to say, look, there's even redemption for Satan. No that's, no, that's not the case, right? Luther had much to say about the devil. It was one of his firmest convictions that Satan was the head of the angels of darkness. Christ says that the devil is the prince of this world and that he's a murderer from the beginning and a liar. And that's why I asked the kids today at the children's sermon, you know, truth or false? God hates you when you're bad and loves you when you're good. That's a lie, a lie spread by Satan. If then we would and must live upon the earth, we must realize that we are guests and lodge in a hotel with a villain, Luther says, a host with a sign over the door which reads, the house of a murderer, the house of lies. He's a murderer for killing the body and a liar for misleading the soul. That is the devil's trade and his work. That's the way he keeps house. That's how business is carried out in his lodge. Nor can anything be done about it. And whoever belongs to his followers must lend him a helping hand. But whoever is his guest must expect and risk experiencing rough treatment. Rough treatment. You know, for some of us, that may seem like an understatement. What's worse, though, is for those who have been misled from the truth and the life that is in Jesus, it will be more than rough treatment for eternity. I've had this piece of junk mail on my counter in the kitchen for three weeks. It's from Providence, right? I don't know if you can read it, but it says, We all deserve true health. That's nice. 
But you know you've been a Lutheran too long when out of the corner of, you, of your eye for three, for, for three weeks, you see we all deserve true death. Right? Because that's in, our, that's in our, our prayers, our liturgy, our hymns. And it's not just Lutheran, that's biblical. The Apostle Paul, that's throughout all his letters to the church. We all deserve true death because we all have sinned. And the consequences of sin is death. I pray none of us here are followers of Satan, lending him a helping hand. I know I'm not, despite my sin. I follow Jesus. At the same time, at the same time I acknowledge I'm not always the best builder-upper of the church. There's a great story about Napoleon and the church. It's anecdotal, so you've got to take it with a grain of salt. But it, it goes something like this. So, after Napoleon had liberated Europe from all the tyrannical princes and kings, and then declared himself the emperor, just like in, you know, Star Wars, right? Napoleon realized that he had to get the church under his control, too, the Catholic church, because it was still powerful throughout Europe, even after the Reformation. So Napoleon's plan was to go to all the big cathedrals throughout France, Germany, and whatnot, and intimidate them, bully them, right? Show them who's boss. And so he would go into these cathedrals and, and talk to the bishop or the cardinal, whoever's in there, and he would say, you know, something like, you're nothing. All I got to do is tell my troops, give them the word, and they'll knock this place down. You know, you're, you're insignificant. You know, it's kind of like, you know, eh, nice church you got here. You know, be ashamed if something happened to it. You know, that's how he would intimidate the churches. But the story goes, one bishop stood up to him and said, my dear emperor, we churchmen have been trying to destroy the church for centuries, and we have not been successful. Neither will you. If the Reformation shows us anything, it's that you and I won't be the church's downfall. If not even the gates of hell will prevail against the church, then neither will us sinful creatures. Because we have one who fights for us against the devil. And he fights for us. He's already won the victory. He is Jesus. And if we were wearing red today as an act of resistance, it would have to be resistance against the devil and sin and the devil's helpers. If we must lodge on this planet with the villain, we can resist him with the help of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. So we wear red and we adorn our sanctuary with red, the color of the Holy Spirit as of flames of fire, the Word which sets us free from Satan's lies. And what is his Word? Well, you had a sample of it here in Romans, right? This is just one, one sampling here. Romans chapter 3, 19 through 28. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. Well, we are all, you know, the law shows us our sin, right? And the whole world may be held accountable to God. So no one has any excuse for uh, uh, no one has any excuse uh, for not being accountable to God. We, we all are, even if you've never heard 
about God or Jesus, you're still accountable to Him. For the works of the law, no human being will be justified in His sight. So nothing you and I can do can make us justified in God's sight. And justified is like that gavel that comes down in the courtroom, <coughs> declaring you either innocent or guilty. And with God's righteousness, we are declared <coughs> innocent. But now the righteousness of God has been shown, manifested, apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified, declared not guilty by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood. Christ's blood covers us, covers our sins, takes it away to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, His righteousness, not ours, because we have no righteousness ourselves. We receive it from God because of His divine forbearance, all given in advance that He had passed over former sins. He passes over our sins. It was to show His righteousness at this time so that He might be just and the justifier you know, the one who declares us not guilty of the one who has faith in Jesus. You have faith in Jesus, declared not guilty. So then what becomes of our boasting? Well, we don't boast in ourselves. We boast in Jesus. By what kind of law? A law of works? No way, but the, by the law of faith. For we hold that one is declared not guilty by faith apart from works of the law. None of us deserve God's love. We don't deserve His Son's saving grace, but we get it anyway as a gift given to us freely by Jesus for His sake. And that is good news, my friends. We wear red today with boldness and confidence because we have the Word of God which says we are declared innocent of sin, thanks be to Jesus who took our sin upon Himself for us. And because He rose from death, He has victory over Satan and will throw Him into the lake of fire to be burned and destroyed, never to return along with all His followers and helpers. So again, we're read today in boldness and confidence. You are forgiven of sin. Amen.